0: Let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of The Art of Unraveling. Thank you for being here on YouTube. Thank you for listening to the podcast. And this podcast is going to be about what Bali showed me. Uh, if you listened to the previous video or podcast, you know I've been traveling and I had a retreat here at the beginning of January 2023 um, in Bali. I'm in Thailand right now and a lot of things went down before that retreat started and it's been this whole process the entire trip I've been here of deep surrender. So I want to get into that. I want to tell you what happened and hopefully not scare you from tr- wanting to travel um, or travel alone. Uh, I think it's a super empowering thing to do. It's it you learn so much about yourself and about culture and you meet new people and hear pe- different people's stories that you may not have met or heard if you were with a group. And so I just I really am a Cheerleader for especially women traveling alone, of course, you know, maybe safely, of course, makes me think like I should start a blog or something about traveling alone for women, empowering women to travel alone because it's it's a thing. So anyway, uh, I want to share this story because it's it's been a really powerful lesson and I hope that, that you can take something from it. So my retreat started at the beginning of January. I arrived to Bali around Christmas time. Everything's great. Going great. Uh, I learned from my Balinese friends that during our retreat, there's one of the biggest Balinese holidays of the year. So it's like, oh, okay, that's going to be interesting because it's kind of like imagine Christmas during the middle of a retreat, you know, (laughs) like... And it's not your holiday but like everybody around you is celebrating and some things are closed and workers are off you know because so it's like that's what was going on so it it i was kind of preparing myself for that and my balinese friend his name's dewa he explained that the the holiday is called galangon gone, something like that and It's a holiday where they, they celebrate the balancing of the dark and the light, like the yin and the yang or the yang and the yin. I said dark and the light or sorry. Yeah. Yang. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. So it's the balancing of the dark and the light energies on the planet. And they do it for the Island of Bali, which if you've never been to Bali, first of all, come join me on a retreat in the future. Uh, I will show you some amazing places in Bali. But when you get there, the energy, if you're tuned into energy, you just feel it. It feels so calm and there's just, I can't explain it. I can't, I just can't explain it. It's just like the the whole island just has this energy of, and I guess it's a balance. After being there during this time, and really understanding what this cultural holiday represents, I understand it. So what he also explained to me is that the three days before gone and gone, it's kind of like all the negative energy coming up. And I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And, and then the three days after is the light because things have to come up and then they balance. And they do all these different ceremonies to balance the energies. And he said they don't just do it for Bali. They do it for the entire world, which I think is so cool. And if you know the Balinese people, they're just really special. Of course, not all of them. I'm sure there's bad ones in the bunch. But they're few and far between that I've met in the seven years, different times, seven different times I've gone to Bali. So, So the, he explains that the the negative is coming up in those first, in the three days before the actual holiday. So during that time, I think it was like the first day. So I think the holiday was January 4th or maybe it was the third. So let's say, you know, it was like the first, the first of uh, January or December 31st, something like that. Anyway, I was leaving one hotel and moving, to, going to my next place in Ubud so I could prepare for the retreat. And I was staying on the beach when I first got there because I like to do that to move through jet lag. Anyway, I'm pulling my luggage to my driver, to his car, and my sunglasses kind of came down and they were sitting on the ridge of my nose and I just was like, it was hot. You know, i had just come from literally... A huge ass snowstorm that was happening in the Midwest. So for me, it was extra hot. I'm sweaty and I'm pulling my suitcase and I wasn't really paying attention. And the cars here are really short. He had his trunk open, but, and I'm not that tall. I'm like five, six. Okay. So the trunk was less than five, six, five feet, six inches tall. Because I'm pulling my luggage, I turn around, and I, boom, I whacked my head, walked right into the edge of his trunk door. Whacked my head so hard, it was, like, instantly starting to bleed. And within what felt like seconds, I had three different Balinese people around me. They had gauze, they had stuff, and they were taking care of it. Well, I think I was just so overcome. Number one, I was super embarrassed that I just did that. I've never, I am don't consider myself a klutzy person. I don't really fall. I don't really, you know, I know I'm, this sounds like I'm being hard on myself, but, you know, it's just like, if it's one thing if you're kind of like that and you like, you know, have accidents. I'm not an accident prone person. And so things like that just don't happen to me. So I think I was one in shock, two super embarrassed because there was a bunch of people around, and three, overcome with, like, I don't know, just, like, a, oh, my God, these people are so loving, like, they were just instantly there, you know, as a foreigner in a strange country, that means a lot, and the people are so kind, they're so kind, Um, the Thai people are kind as well, I just had, A bunch of people helped me get a little motorbike taxi to my where I'm staying right now. And it was hard to figure out. And they were all sitting there for like 10, 15 minutes trying to help me. You know, people are just so kind. And what we see is just the negative. You know, if you look at different places, you're only seeing the negative. And so you it makes you think, oh, everybody's negative, you know, when really most people are positive. Most people want to help. Most people want to support you. And that's just not what we're seeing, what we see. Anyway, so I whack my head. It's bleeding. Thankfully, I don't have to get stitches, but I'm crying. I instantly start crying. That was the point of this. I started crying in front of all these Balinese people, I think because I was just like in shock and embarrassed and like just felt so much like I felt cared for. And It just, it like touched my heart and I just started crying. So I get in the car and my driver's feeling like it's his fault. And I just am very quick to say, this is not your fault. I wasn't paying attention and all was well, but I had throughout the whole retreat, I had a big scab on my head (laughs) and it just was kind of big and there. And. So now fast forward, what else happened? So my chef who I've worked with before and had hot, you know, she had known about this for years because I've had to postpone this retreat a couple times because of COVID five or so days before the retreat told me she could not cook. And I've, marketed her I've shared about how amazing she is because she's so good she's a Balinese chef that has learned a bunch of like raw food from Mark Hyman you know who he is he's like a healthy person doctor (laughs) that's not a good description but anyway those of you that know know she learned from him and she knows how to cook raw food vegan food you know all the good things and She was like, Yeah, I can't because of Golancon, because it's like Christmas. It's like, I have to be with my family. Like, I cannot do this, even though we've known these dates. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I've worked through my frustrations with that. So I reached out to Dewa, who's like my Balinese brother, and I said, This is the situation. What am I going to do? Like, I have these people coming. We have this space. Some of the meals we go out to eat, but I needed breakfast. I needed, you know, such and such. I needed lunches. I needed some dinners. And he instantly found me. Somebody reached out to her and she was trained by the same person and she was on it and she put, she whipped it together and it all happened. Oh my gosh. I've had a throat. That's another thing. I've had this throat thing on some level the entire time I've been here. It's this thing that happens every time I travel to a tropical place. I think it's because the air conditioning. Something in my body does not like that. But before the retreat, my throat was so bad. In fact, there was a couple days like I could barely talk. Like I felt like I was losing my voice. So that happened too. Um, but then it came back. What else? I whacked my head. I was instantly taken care of. Lost my voice. It came back. <clears throat> and that, okay, so then it's the day before the retreat. Oh, and then a, a woman who was planning on coming, she messaged me that she had COVID and she couldn't come. So that was like a whole thing. And then it's the day before the retreat. And I'm like, well, I need to go take out some cash because a lot of the people only take cash. A lot of my vendors, any of my drivers, sorry for the noise, only take cash. So I was going to need a lot. So I'm like, well, I better start taking some out now. So I've got money to pay the drivers tomorrow from the airport and all that. I go to, I'm at the ATM doing my thing, open my wallet. There's no debit card. And I'm like, okay, chill, no need to panic. It's, you have your your wallet here. It's probably in there, like my main wallet. And then I had like my little travel purse. Okay, I'm gonna open up my main wallet. I'm looking, it's not there. I'm searching all the pockets of my backpack. It's not there. Now I'm panicking. But when I say panicking, it's more just like, oh God, what am I gonna do? Uh ah, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Okay, chill. Drive home because it's probably somewhere in your stuff. I go back to my place. I'm searching, searching. I search every ounce of my backpack, every pocket, every, everything. It's nowhere to be found. That was my only way to get cash. I had 250 US dollars with me because I typically just use my ATM card to get cash out because I have a really good ATM card or, um, it's a separate checking account that I have that's through, uh, it's called USAA and it's for military people. And because my dad was in the service, my biological father, um, I was able to get that card somehow. And, So I don't pay any extra fees at ATMs. Like it's for people that travel like the military. So it's amazing because a lot of times you're like getting all these fees from your banks and stuff. They like literally pay you back the fees. I don't know how they do it. It's some, some, by some stroke of magic, I was able to get this card and uh, it's what I use. It's what I've used for years. So it's gone. So Leah, a friend who was coming on my retreat, she was already in Ubud. She came a few days early. She, When she first arrived, I lent her some cash because she couldn't get money out for, I can't remember the reason, something with her debit card wasn't working. So she got it all sorted after a few days, and I lent her some cash in the meantime. And mind you, I had gotten cash out. Of the ATM at the airport. That was the only time I used my debit card and I had seen it other times in my purse. But I think what happened is I pulled some cash out and it, it dropped somewhere. I don't know. When I checked online, no money had been taken out. Everything was fine, which makes me think, everybody thinks that I'm just going to find it at some point. But I think some angel found it, was hoping the person would come back and it's just sitting at some somebody's store or house or something because they didn't try to use it anyway where am I going with the story I'm trying to tell you all the things that happened to me and how the universe kept providing so I reach out to Leah I'm like it's my turn to panic I explain the situation she's like don't worry I will get you cash turns out I mean it's not ironic because we are from the same area we both have the same credit union and I can just easily transfer her money. So she, throughout the retreat, was taking out its millions of rupiah. Um, so when you go to Bali, you're a millionaire, which is fun. Uh, she was taking out millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of rupiah for me. That got me through the retreat. And I just made sure I had enough to get me through Bali. And then since I've been in Thailand, I another person on the retreat had to, another $250 cash. U.S. and so I've just been exchanging the the five hundred dollars U.S. that I have. I've had I have to very much minimize my spending here, um, but it's worked. I'm just I just have a couple days left in Thailand, and I'm good to go. So, and you're able to pay for your hotels like with you know online, so that I've been able to use credit card for. But pretty much all restaurants here only take cash. So. <laughs> Thankfully, things are not too expensive. Yeah. Anyway, let's see what else happens. So, that was a huge thing. I've really had to plan out what I'm going to need when I get back to Bali, what I was going to need for Thailand. And it's been a money management situation. But the universe provided instantly. It was like each time these things happened, there was instant solutions as long as I didn't go into the like why is this happening to me and like forcing things and fighting things and like I'm so pissed off like I didn't even go to those places. I something in me was just really calm and like, okay, what are we gonna do? And that's so different than how I would in the past respond. Um, another thing that happened here, I'm just trying to think because there's been so many little things too. But one thing is like, I was trying to rent a motorbike here in Pai. It's called Pai, Thailand. And there were no motorbikes, no motorbikes. I kept showing up. There's no motorbikes. And finally, I was just like standing at, sorry for that noise. I was just standing at this travel place to try to get a taxi back to my Airbnb since I couldn't get a motorbike. And this woman is like, oh, we have a motorbike. And it was, Every motorbike that I saw was 300 baht. This one was 100 baht a day. And I was just like, I don't know how I just scored that, but I wasn't even trying. And um, I was just standing there waiting for a taxi. But they knew, they knew because I'd asked, I'd asked them earlier in the day if they had any motorbikes. No. Okay. So then it was towards the end of the day, I wanted to go back home. And she's like, oh, we have a motorbike. So the point of this story is the power of surrender and the power of, again, like what I shared in the previous episode at the beginning, like what is life presenting you? Remembering that there's always going to be pain, not always, but there will be pain in life. Like it's painful when you want something and it's not available. Like you need transportation to get where you need to go and then it's not available. That's pain. It's not saying like life is going to be painful, meaning I'm going to be like physically in pain all the time or in heartbreak or, you know, but like receiving an email from somebody that is upset with you is pain. Having your family member criticize you for something is pain. Having a person you don't even know criticize you is pain. Life presents painful situations all the time or quite often. To deny that and to think we are always going to live in a bliss bubble is unrealistic and not healthy because it's like thinking I should always be happy. And if I'm not happy, then something's wrong with me. That is very destructive thinking. Very destructive thinking. Life is not always going to be butterflies and... Puppy dogs, it's gonna be painful sometimes. And so if we can just acknowledge that and acknowledge that whatever life is giving to me, for instance, a lost debit card in a foreign country where I cannot get another one. Okay, how am I gonna show up to this? Am I gonna show up as in throwing myself a tantrum? I mean, I did get pissed. Let's not, let's be real. I was a little like, okay. I'm about to teach a retreat. I need a lot of cash. This is going to be a puzzle. I did get pissed, but I didn't stay there. I didn't stay there. I I instantly was like, "Let's find a solution. Let's find a way through this." I started googling if Leah hadn't transferred, you know, gotten me cash. I found that I could Western Union myself cash. So that was the solution I found before she offered to do that for me. So the solution was there. The Western Union option would have cost me more money than what she did. So I'm forever grateful to her for that. Anyway, so my point of this story is I I hate this about Zoom because I can't see how many minutes I've been talking. Um, I hope you're still listening. I hope I haven't bored you yet. Um, The point of all of this is to share with you that when we surrender to what is, and surrender doesn't mean like lay back and let life steamroll you. It means I'm not going to go into an old story, an old freak out. For me, it was a freak out. Like, I can't believe this is happening. What am I going to do? And it brings all this anxiety. That was how I used to manage life because of trauma. Okay. That's not, I'm not putting that on myself. Like that's my fault. It was my fault. And in the situations I allowed that to happen, but it's not my fault that I got wired that way. I'm not trying to give myself a free ride there, condone my behavior, but you know, trauma is, is a thing. But when we start rising above those patterns through working through them, not from like bypassing them and going, okay, I just got to be positive all the time. No, that's not going to work. When we work through them and we're continually like, okay, how can I show up to this experience? Where can I find a solution? Because I know a solution always exists. Everything is figure outable. As Marie, to quote Marie Forleo, I love that little line. Everything is outable. There's always a solution. That's a way of surrendering. And then surrender also, and it doesn't mean you just lean back and let life steamroll you. There's action there. There's action. The action steps come when you surrender. Because when you surrender to what is, instead of resist it or fight it or try to control it, which is what trauma will make us do or fear it, when you surrender to it a bit more, you you know, all that fighting energy, it's like, here's you. Here's all that energy. Like, I got to push through this. I got to fight this. I got to control this person. I got to make this happen for myself. I've got to fix this thing. I've got to Force my way through. <laughs> that creates all this energy. And it blocks the essence of who you are from and your inner wisdom from shining through. So, those of you that are not on video with me, you can't see this, but I have my right hand in a fist and my left hand covering it. The right hand in the fist represents myself, and the left hand represents the energy of forcing frustration resistance fear and it's it's blocking my essence from showing whereas if i surrender that goes away and now i have connection connection to my inner being where my wisdom is connection to my body where my wisdom is and that's when the solutions start coming forward So this trip for me has wired so deeply within my cells. You know, like when you get a lesson and then it like you get it here and then you keep like it's more surfacey. And then sometimes it's just like, boom, it just like goes down into your core. And it's just like, whoa, okay, I'm getting this on so many levels. (laughs) This is a cellular experience for me. And that's kind of how this has been, the surrender. <laughs> so if I can just surrender to what is, it's like life brings the magic to me. The divine brings the magic to me. It, it brings the miracles. It brings the solution to me. And that is what has been happening here. And that's what I want to pass on to you. That when we get out of the fighting, get out of the control, get out of the frustration and the negativity, And how do we get out of that? Get out of that, It's that's a process. That's a process. I've been working on that one for a long time. And you do it by just experimenting with life. So it's like sometimes you're good at it and sometimes you're not. And you see the results of when you're good at it and how the ease happens, the flow happens more easily. And when you're not, you see what happens. And that starts to wire your brain to go, oh, okay, if I'm like this, then I am in ease and flow. And if I'm like this, bad shit seems to happen to me or the solution doesn't ever seem to present itself. So my mind is already starting to go towards a future event and kind of worrying about that. And I've been able to go, everything's been working out for you. Why are you now worrying about a future thing? When you've been given proof that the solution is always there. And so now I'm even starting to rewire because I used to like (laughs) chronic worry. If you've listened to the podcast, you know, like that is an ancestral thing passed on, at least from my grandma, probably from her mom. It just goes on and on and on and on, like this constant worry. And I would catch myself being like, I have to worry about this. I have to worry about that. That has been such a thing in my life. So, of course, my habit is to worry about future things. You've got this coming up. Oh, well, what if this happens? What if that happens? You know, and it's all the negative. Just to try to protect ourselves, that's just a protective mechanism. But I've been able to go, dude, if you don't get it, that everything is working out at all times, even when it looks like it's not, after what you've just been through, when are you going to get this? And it was like instant shift for me. So that's what I'm going to pass on to you. I hope this was helpful for you today. This power of surrender, surrendering to what is, allowing the solution to come without thinking you have to do something in that moment. It might take a moment. It might take a beat to get that solution. But if you're trying to force it, you're blocking your inner being from letting it come to you. You're blocking the divine from letting it come to you. So getting out of your way by how can I surrender to this? This really sucks. It's not to go, yay, I'm so excited. I lost my debit card in a foreign country. No, it's like, feel the pain of that. Fuck. What am I going to do? And okay. How can I surrender to this? This is my, this is what life is bringing me right now. How can I surrender? That's a yogic principle, by the way, of it's called, um, I hope I'm getting this one right. Santosha without double checking. I should know all these by heart, but it's contentment. It's contentment. It isn't happiness. It's not like I'm a 10 at all times, but contentment is probably like a five or a six. Like how can I maintain this five or a six throughout whatever life is bringing to me and not expect to be a 10 at all times? It's really important because we we really start to judge ourselves when we're not there or when we reacted badly to something you know so these three points the power of surrendering to what is what's life presenting you right now um, number two staying open to the mystery the divine is working through you whatever you call that god source universe spirit the she, the goddess. It is working through you at every moment. It is there to provide the solution. He, she, it is there to provide the solution for you. It's not even about having faith. It's about having knowing, knowing that you're being provided for. The solution is always there. Everything is figure outable. If I just get out of my way, That's a third thing, letting go of the forcing, fighting, controlling energies that we do just out of ego, out of protection, out of, I've got to figure this out for myself. That is literally how I've went through life because of trauma, because of how I was wired, that like everything was my responsibility to figure out. And in in that way, I was not making room for the divine to show up. And help me and support me. I was like, nah, I'm good. I got this. Let me just fight here for a while. <laughs> so anyway, I hope this is helpful today. I just wanted to share these really powerful lessons that I'm going through. I have a feeling that cosmically, collectively, we are probably all going through this to some level or another. Cause usually when I share things, people are like, oh my gosh, that's me too, in this way. So it wanted to be shared thank you for being here. Let me know in the comments how this video landed for you, what you're surrendering to right now. And I'm just so grateful that you're in my space and that you're, if you've watched or listened this far, thank you. If you're on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe, hit that bell if you liked this video. And if you're on the podcast, leave us a review on iTunes. It would mean the world and share this with your friends, social media and family.